0: Hey, so how's it going guys? Good, uh good, good, good. That's good guys. <laughs> Hello. How are you So uh this is the fir- very first podcast for the music and movie podcast. We've uh, sure. aren't we? The M M&M M. So we show?
1: have to we have to use that name now. <laughs> oh no we, we're we're probably <laughs> that's gonna,
0: it. We're it gonna change. change it over time to be honest. But yeah. Like for now that's I guess what we're sticking with. So uh, my name's David, and I am one of the presenters on this show. Uh, I'm studying biomed at Monash, and yeah, I love film.
2: Uh, my name is uh, Sandeep. I'm studying at Monash. I'm doing my masters in data science, and again, I love movies.
1: Um, I'm Jasmine. I'm also studying at Monash, doing a Bachelor of Global Studies, and like the other two, I also like movies. What a surprise. <laughs>
3: Uh, My name's Lucy. I'm the last and final co-host. I'm also studying at Monash. I'm studying a double degree in Arts Law and I am majoring in Film and Screen Studies. So that's all of us. Um, Firstly, for all of you listeners out there, we just sort of wanted to talk a little bit about why we've started this podcast and what we wanted to get out of it. So who wants to start us off?
0: So I guess like the main idea behind this podcast is that we basically want to create something where we can teach people about film and expose people to new films that maybe they haven't heard about before whether that be foreign films indie films even in some cases some blockbusters that you might not have heard about
1: or even like underrated blockbusters stuff like that anything exactly. that's like enjoyable you know yeah Cause that's what movies are about
0: yeah for sure
2: with our movies that's it i think uh, there's a lot to talk about uh, when we look at movies, uh, we can go in-depth, we can just uh, discuss about the surface stuff. But uh, it's pretty interesting. And if you love movies, and then I think you should give our podcast a shot and see how you like it.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I guess we'll start off with uh, what we're going to be going over today. And today in our podcast, we plan on going over like films with nostalgia. Nostalgia has been a massive thing recently, especially with shows such as stranger things and (coughs) with movies such as ready player one they've just been going all over the place been making massive massive amounts of money and we were just wondering what really makes a good nostalgia piece what really makes a good period piece that's more recent so what we're going to go over today is what um our favorite period neo-period pieces are what our favorite nostalgia pieces are and we'll just be breaking down all of the um, different types of uh, genre pieces that we can think of.
3: Yeah, so I guess it all sort of comes back to this nostalgic instinct that we've seen a lot in the industry in recent years, sort of this attempt to retain a part of the past in a present that's constantly out-distancing it, you know. Today our society is characterised by its evolution, its progress, its development. And so we sort of feel like nostalgia in film sort of represents this mindfulness, like a reaching out for a sense of the familiar, um, a s- sense of escapism from the everyday.
2: Um, I don't think it's that recent, though, uh, because uh, as we were discussing earlier, uh, we were talking about Happy Days, yeah. that 70s show Freaks and Geeks. They're all shows mm. set in the past quite old. 20 I guess, years back.
3: I guess yeah. recently it's been more of like a commercialization of nostalgia. I feel like we were even discussing the other day we were saying to the detriment of like real creativity. Oh, burn. <laughs> <laughs> um I think
1: another like point to bring up is like do we romanticize movies that are set like you know back in the proverbial good old days or does our romanticization of the past influence the types of movies that we make or the types of movies that we go see. So I guess it's sort of like a chicken and egg sort of situation there. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. Okay, so shall we get into some
2: examples? Guys, so the first movie that we're gonna be talking about today is Cinema Paradiso. The movie is set in 1945 uh, when Toto, a little boy in war-torn Sicily, um, his father, an Italian soldier missing in action, and his mother, who cannot accept the likelihood that he'll never come back home, falls in love with movies and it's directed by Giuseppe Tornatore. Okay, I have no idea if that's how we pronounce sure that's it,
0: you pronounce it. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Because yeah. like... Yeah. Giuseppe Tornatore. It's like an Italian <laughs> name. I mean, it's an Italian film. It's an Italian... I hope you
2: guys can see that uh, I'm talking with my hands here. I'm speaking Italian right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Giuseppe Tornatore. I mean, it's an Italian film. It's one of the classics. It got acknowledged in... Um, the academy awards it won the 1991 academy awards surprise surprise UCM surprise i still
2: haven't seen it yeah.
3: um, <laughs> we should get onto that just, just Wikipediaing it right now yep. Yeah,
1: yeah. we're yep.
3: totally prepared for this as you can tell oh it's
1: um, um, great but yeah
0: <laughs> but yeah it's a it's a classic film it's really is i guess if we were to address the whole nostalgia piece aspect of it it goes back into the filmmakers past, and it documents how he became in love with film it is in a certain extent a biopic and it's something that he goes into and tries to break down I guess his upbringing and what brought him into film and that's what to me personally I'm not sure about you guys but something that like I really appreciated, especially like when I watched it because I watched it when I was 10 and it just changed my perspective on film and like how a person should connect to film especially the um, significance of cinemas, I guess you could say. Like, yeah. what What about you, Sande?
2: Uh, you could definitely say that. I think it's a love letter to cinema, like you said. Uh, he uh, made the movie at a time when uh, home videos was the thing, and Tornatore uh, thought that uh, cinema, the theater going experience, is going to die out. And that uh, we're going to focus more on DVDs, CDs, home videos. Luckily, uh, cinema is still there theaters still are still there <laughs> i mean uh, but i think what we can take out of the movie is that uh, the community the communal feeling of uh, the cinema paradiso movie house shown in the movie it's no longer there um the movie uh, has this projectionist named alfredo who takes this young boy around six eight years old yeah. under his wings and shows him movies tells him how to operate the project uh, the projector and I think stuff like that doesn't happen anymore, and it probably brings a feeling of nostalgia to all of us when we watch it.
0: Yeah, it definitely goes back to a time period that I think like doesn't exist anymore, especially because like now with streaming services and all of that, it just it brings back that vibe and it brings back like something that I guess we rarely see in movies now, unless they are going for like the nostalgic feel, because it is harder to find those small areas, those small villages where everybody knows each other it's just it's it really transports you like into another dimension almost
2: yeah it's not just about uh, everybody knowing each other it's also that uh, cinema is a place where they're all equal they're Mm -hmm. all in front of the big screen waiting to watch the movie that they want to see they want to watch the kissing scenes however the town priest doesn't allow it he cuts it out Wait, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen this
0: movie before Oh no, like he legit like cuts it out Because it was like really strict Because oh, like, Italy being like a full on like, It's the athletes. 40s,
2: it's the 40s and the 50s
0: Yeah, it was like very stringent And stuff, mm. but yeah,
1: no, I gotta, yeah. Get, gotta get on to watching that now
0: Yeah for sure, oh my god Like <laughs> You've really sold it Yeah. yeah. Some, some of the best things about it is like in my opinion Just the casting, like the actors that they got And so forth, like there's the
2: kid is brilliant. I mean, I don't usually say this. Child <laughs> actors are horrible in most movies, Aww. but he's brilliant. The kid Jay-Z. is brilliant. And uh, he really brings forward uh, a lot of emotions to his character. Uh, there's a lot of depth to it. And uh, we really feel for it when he watches the movies. We can see the love he has for the movies in his eyes. And it's beautiful. Aww. Well,
0: that's I definitely sweet. think that like that's one thing that Giuseppe Tornatore has been very good with. He also made um, another film that's quite similar in its um, reflection on the past in Malena and he again chose an amazing um, actor to play the little version of him I guess you could say. he. Uh-huh. It's just, I guess it's the not to mention the other actors that he also chose. He chose um, uh, for the projectionist uh, Felipe Noire. Sorry?
2: Felipe Noire?
0: Yeah and he's amazing he's been in other films such as um, Jim Jaramush's, um once Upon a Time... No, not Once Upon a Time. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to that. we um, get there. Uh, He's been in uh, films such as um, A Night on Earth, and that was amazing, where he played Helmut. And mm. it's just, yeah, I think, like, a lot of the people that he chose have somehow gone on to do great things, and it, the movie itself, just how it conducts itself and what it goes into is something that I, yeah, really enjoyed. What would you say, Sandy? Oh,
2: I mean listening you mention about uh, him making a movie about his childhood it reminds me of 400 uh, blows yeah, it was sure. by francois uh, truffaut yeah
0: that's
2: a brilliant movie another brilliant movie it's about a young boy who's dealing with a difficult situation yeah surrounded by inconsiderate adults and how he grows up i think a mo- lot of movies around that time yeah. deals with growing up
0: and i feel like most nostalgia pieces kind of like go into that whole um the whole Biopic almost area and I guess like yeah, it's something that whenever you think of nostalgia pieces, um, the biopic really is that kind of thing that you go to
1: next film days and confused which is heavily heavily nostalgic It was made in 1993, but set in the 70s 1976 and it's about um, the last day of high school and it follows like this movie follows a bunch of um, teenagers about their last day of high school which is an experience that obviously many 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 people can relate to and for obviously sure. that's that's super nostalgic for so many people because everyone's lived through it and even though this movie's set in the 70s and sometimes it does look really really 70s you can tell that um, the director Linklater has made efforts to ensure that like it's, it's relatable to all mm-hmm. um, demographics and I think the film still holds up to this mm-hmm. day because, yeah, I find myself relating to, like, the cluelessness and the direction, the lack of direction that these teenagers feel. Mm. So
3: true. Yeah, all of these, like, sort of present key themes and ideas in the film, you've got drugs, alcohol, sex, school, like, what constitutes the man and masculinity. They're all sort of ephemeral sort of things, and many of them are rites of passage that continue to exist today. Um, Personally, for me, also, I felt like just watching this film the other day, It sort of feels like as more and more time goes on, the movie becomes more and more nostalgic. Um, Just looking at the actors that are in it, you've know, you got these huge name actors like Ben Affleck and Matthew McConaughey and you see them in their really formative years of acting. They've gone on to produce some amazing films, um, but seeing them in their first productions, it's really interesting. And that's sort of nostalgic in itself for me, just watching that.
2: Uh, talking about Matthew, um, I read an interesting story about how we got a cast in the movie. Mm-hmm. So apparently the casting director and him uh, met at a bar. They were drinking really? late. Yeah. And they got really drunk and uh, the <laughs> casting director apparently loved Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> What's well, not so love. <laughs> <laughs> and he called him for the audition and... He oh, nailed wow. it. Wow. And to be honest, uh, the part was not supposed to be this big. It was supposed to be a, a two-line scene and that was it. Really? And
0: apparently other roles got dissolved because, th- yeah, because the actors... Because well, um, his part was, was so good. I don't good. know who it was, it was like Shaw and something. One of the... The actor that basically starts off the film when it start, plays to um, Slow Ride. Yeah. When um, they come in, there's two. There's uh, Millie Jovovich who's like massive now as well as like a model and she also played in Resident Evil so for, Resident no not Resident Evil and yeah. um, she played in that and basically those two got like hit it off and became really good mates and like really close they actually ended up getting married but they were like so close that they were basically like
1: inseparable yeah inseparable
0: yeah. and it was just so hard to film with them so they cut <laughs> down on yeah like no joke like they well. cut down on their scenes just so that they could let like People like Matthew McConaughey okay, had, like, the vibes, you know? Hmm. The all right, all right, all right. All right. Yeah. Keep on living. Yeah, he's such
1: a creep, though. Like, yes. that part where he's like, that's what I love about them high school girls. Yes. I was like, jeez. Because I was in high school when I watched this movie, and I was like, what yeah, sort of I creeps are? Of <laughs> grade, y- yeah. same oh, my God.
3: <laughs> yeah, He's. I guess he's almost he almost typifies that nostalgia it's sort of that pathetic like he's getting older but he still hangs on to his glory days his yeah, high school days yeah. so when actually, he was 17 that so that's was like a
1: meta sort of nostalgia in the film like yeah he's you know longing for the prime of his life he's one of those people that like peaked in high school yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah. you could almost
0: say that he's like one of the audience members like yeah because there's that's so many true. times when i'm watching it and i'm just like i wish i was there yeah and then you just see him come up and then you're like oh on second thoughts,
2: <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. Also, uh, to add on to that, uh, the character himself being nostalgic in a way, uh, I think everybody wants some. The spiritual sequel to Days and Confused yeah. has a character Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Willoughby. Yeah, yeah he, passed, like, he passed out like 10 years back, he's 30, yeah. and he still goes to high school just to play baseball. Oh my I'm god. Not yeah. high school, he goes to yeah, college, he, 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 like he transfers college, yeah, between sorry,
0: colleges. Buddy, yeah.
2: I haven't seen just this movie. That sounds creepy as hell. Just oh, no, no.
0: baseball, like it's No, he's a cool dude. He yeah. listens really? to Pink Floyd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 Like, when you watch the Everybody Wants some. like, he never actually does anything that is creepy. right. He's just right. there, like, with everyone. But the thing is that it's just him trying to, like, still live through. Like, yeah. Oh, just okay. Onto okay, that's stuff.
1: not creepy. Yeah. That's just a bit sad, I yeah. think. It's more, yeah, it's more sad.
2: Than <laughs> I people. think uh, all these uh, college and high school kids who play sports... Um, I mean, when you're in college, you're famous. I mean, yeah. it, it seems like you're at the top of the world. And yeah,
1: especially in, like, America, the sports yeah. thing. It's exactly. really big. It's big in, like, um, other movies that we're going to talk about, like Stand By Me. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's a common theme that follows these movies. But I feel like us in Australia, we kind of have that culture divide because, like, sports isn't... As big in high school, or uni,
2: uh, as an Indian, I have to agree. Uh, yeah, the same thing. Uh, I mean, sports is not a big thing. Mm. It's an afterthought at best. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah. I guess like that's the thing, because like, and that's the thing that, in a way, he always like Richard Linklater himself always comes back to. He always comes back to the sports. Like the entire, yeah. uh, I think like the majority of the film revolves around either sports, a yeah. footy mat, like a. American football match and the American football team and how like they want everybody to be on the team or it revolves around like um, the actor uh, uh, Wiley Wiggins when he's playing on baseball and yeah. which is kind of ironic given <laughs> his backstory and uh, the fact that he actually couldn't play baseball. Oh yeah, because like you can actually see when you like you cut between the two shots between yeah. like so there's the shot where like he sets up. And then there's the reaction shot where he actually like follows through and it's two completely different people. Like, <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, my God, it's insane. But like, I guess that's one thing that Linklater probably catches the best, in my opinion, is yeah. that he catches a moment in time. He doesn't necessarily get people thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow, what's mm. going to happen the day after. Everybody's just like, oh, this is the last day of school. This mm. is our last moment. This is like a time that we should try and be alive. And I feel like that's something that makes... A good nostalgia film almost it's like mm. it doesn't focus on the fact oh look we're in the 70s yeah. this is so yeah. great yeah. i wish this could last forever it's more just <laughs> yeah.
2: but talking about 70s what's this thing with 70s and directors and movies and tv shows like a it's lot cool of cool time it has it's
1: good music we got right
2: almost up. famous uh we got yeah that's true. everybody wants some we got the, the nice guys, 70s guys. Show, which is, yeah nice guys we got freaks and geeks i because think the whole the, the whole rock and roll yeah, uh, the time I think it's very and like nostalgic. 70s
1: disco as yeah. well because it's quite yeah. like indicative of that time piece but it's also like you can still listen to it the music is amazing yeah. yes yeah. honestly the and music. like I think the music in Dazed and Confused it really helps with like um, what David was saying before about capturing the moment because sometimes music like You know, captures a moment, like, with that you can't put into words and it's expressed in music and stuff like that, yeah. Here comes
2: the key question. The key question, the movie is titled Dazed and Confused. Oh, yeah? The movie is titled Dazed and Confused and we don't have a single Led Zeppelin song in the movie.
3: They couldn't get the rights to his songs, couldn't they?
0: Yeah, Robert
2: Plant (laughs) said no.
0: Yeah, but apparently, like, Robert Plant's pretty notorious about that. Like, he's pretty well known for, like, just being a dick when it comes to <laughs> stuff like that, like trying to like get songs and all that. Like, I don't know. It's I think
1: he's making a mistake because like, if his music was in Dazed and Confused, it would like really cement its presence in pop culture over the like, years and stuff. But yeah, yeah. anyway.
0: But I guess that, like, when you come back to, and you think about like, who was coming up to him, it was basically a guy that had like no yeah, that's true true, true. he made like Slacker before and then it, yeah just this director and he's like, oh, you know what would be really cool? Like, look, So I have a film.
1: It's going to be about a bunch of teenagers just living life. It's going to be a hit, totally. No
0: plot. Yeah, no plot
1: whatsoever. And really questionable lines of dialogue.
0: (laughs) Exactly. However, I love... To get one of your best songs <laughs> and put it in the middle of it. For cheap, for
2: cheap. Yeah, for cheap. Yeah. Yeah, uh, to be Within fair, uh, you would be forgiven for thinking that Plan made the right decision because uh, it was a box office plot. The yeah, I, I think so, wow. when yeah. it came out. Yeah. yeah, Surprise. I
3: think it's just the, the plot line. Like, there's no, there's no sense of plot there in the film. And I think happening. it's supposed to be Linklater. It's sort of like a commentary on how romanticized most teenage movies are. You know, yeah. like life's not actually that interesting, yeah. Yeah. and it really shows that within how what how long is it like eighteen hours?
0: Wait, no. you say what? that day, it's like
3: no 18, day. Hours the movie day. Is eighteen hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a day. But now adding on to that, I
1: heard um, that this movie was compared, like it was described as the inverse of a John Hughes movie, and John yeah. Hughes movie like Breakfast Club. What else did he do? Sweet sixteen candles. Sixteen candles. to it's yeah. sweet sixteen. Uh, Ferris Bueller as Ferris well. Bueller's Those day were on. all like on Home Alone. Those were Breakfast all like. Yes. Yeah, those are all like super like dramatic, unrealistic yeah, high think, school experiences. Yeah. And so, you know, Link later set out to actually portray a realistic one that people could relate to. But also people still like John Hughes movies, so yeah. I don't know. But
0: I think that also like another thing that like why it was a massive antithesis was because like compared to things like The Breakfast Club and things in all of like John Hughes' films, he almost has like a he has those archetypes, like oh here's a nerd. Oh yeah, and the jock. Vis- and the hero gets the girl. And the nerd yeah.
3: loses his virginity. The <laughs> bully gets beaten up. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah. And then here like it basically not necessarily like reverses itself, but everybody's almost friends with everyone. It starts yeah. off yeah. Yeah. with yeah. Um, Pink walking around people and being like, Oh yeah, how's it going? Yeah. Are you guys ready for all this yeah. stuff? And like, yeah. He's a like star football player he doesn't act like one though. Yeah, for sure. Like there's and there's also like um Oh, what's his name? I forget what his name is. The ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, yeah. like I feel like that's the closest that he gets to an archetype of like a yeah. specific person. Oh, like that's the like, the oh yeah, he's bully, the bully. Yeah, and so yeah. Forth. I think
2: uh, in Everybody Wants Him uh, also ha- has some characters which kind of uh, solidifies a particular archetype, but it's more of a satire, I think. Mm. Uh, Richard is kind of trying to poke fun at people who try to use these archetypes to push their stories through. And uh, carrying on from the point you mentioned before about uh, John Hughes and uh, Richard Linklater, to quote Richard, he said, I don't remember teenage years being that dramatic. I remember just trying to go with the flow, mm-hmm. socialize, fit in, and be cool. The stakes were really low. To get Aerosmith tickets or not, that's a big thing.
1: Honestly, that's so true. Because like <laughs> we don't have that sort of movie drama yeah. in real life. We don't have no like love triangles or... Um, you know, what other things?
2: If only Riverdale was true.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, no, okay. I think I think Linklater has like a really good encapsulation. Is that a word? Yes, encapsulation of um, of what it what it is to be in high school. Even though the one thing I have not an issue with, but like one thing I don't get is those really vicious hazing rituals oh yes those that when i first saw the movie that like scared me i was like whoa is it really like this in america that's like abuse but anyway i think I never it's a sign that. of
2: times i think it's a sign of times because yeah true almost all movies or tv shows revolving around that time shows yeah have, like, rituals hazing happening, rituals. yeah and even though it's not happening in the same form it's still there it is still yeah it's still yeah, present
3: yeah mm, maybe not as physically nowadays
2: yeah perhaps yeah i think uh in a way, it could be good if done right. I mean, it's kind of uh, brings people together if done right, if there's no malice behind it. But mm, yeah. if the people, uh,
1: it makes for some like yeah. funny quotes, though. I love that bit where um, oh, it's Parker Percy's character. She's like, "What are you looking at? Wipe that face off your head, bitch!" And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "What? <laughs> I don't know. I just love that quote. It makes no sense, but it's yeah. funny."
0: Apparently, it was um just a poorly translated oh, line. Really? Yeah, it was, like, poorly translated from, like, a Russian play or something like that. And oh. she was just reading off it, off it. And then she was like, I'll just chuck that in there. Yeah. Could oh, be that's funny. That's funny. Yeah.
3: I love all the conversations when they're smoking weed, like Slater, when he's like, George oh. Washington, man. He was oh, in your a cult, was a hip lady. And the cult <laughs> was into aliens, man.
1: And, like, man oh. is every second, like, that. Yeah. Oh, it's so oh, good. It's so good.
3: <laughs> just the best.
0: Oh, I still talk like that. One of the best... Like in my opinion one of my favourite scenes with him is when um he's like walking by um Wiley Wiggins' character Mitch Kramer oh, and yeah? then he's like cool? Yeah. Are you are you cool, man? <laughs> yeah. Are you cool? And then he's like, and then Mitch Kramer's just like I how so? What? And then he's like just a, a moment of su- just like okay. And <laughs> he just like walks off so confused. Yeah, when like, he's oh. like, Do you have a joint man? It'd yeah. be a
3: lot cooler if you did. Yeah. Oh that's what gunnay's line,
1: yeah. yeah
0: it's just oh. so quotable but I think like the reason why it's so quotable and I guess with most of um, Linklater's films is that like you can kind of see people actually saying the stuff that he writes yeah. like it's peop- realistic
1: dialogue yeah. yeah
0: like for example that part where um someone was like um, see you later alligator and then everybody was just like Ma- calm your farm mate. like <laughs> that's not we don't talk like that yeah. like it's just the little things and one of my favourite scenes especially after I learned that like some of the characters actually did get alcohol while they were filming the um the shot was um there's a scene where i can't remember the character's name the um red-headed bloke with the uh, curly hair isn't she a girl no 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 there's um the, the football player with the cap and he oh, basically right, and then right. he, tr- he tries to stand up he stands up you just see him like forget where he is <laughs> and then just sit back down and i was just like I That's what someone that so would much. do yeah. if they were drunk, and I was like, "That's yeah. just such, just those small moments." And mm-hmm. it, again, like he does it with um, everybody wants some. When everybody's in the car and they're singing yeah. the um, one of the, a song um, I don't remember what it was, but it was just so
2: they're making up stuff and singing as well. Yeah, it was. It's pretty nice. Everybody yeah. wants some is a brilliant movie as well. Yeah, I mean it's marked as a spiritual sequel to. Dazed and Confused, but it's so much more than that. I think uh, it delves more into the philosophical aspect of it more than Dazed and Confused, I guess, because Dazed and Confused is more chill. Yeah, Dazed and, Daze and
1: Confused is really just character. Like they don't, it doesn't really have a plot and therefore, not really a message. I don't know, you guys might disagree. Uh, but no, like no, no, no. I think the I, message is pretty I th- simple. I think yeah.
2: that's the point uh that Richard was trying yeah, to Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's no for sure. Yeah, I agree way. with that. And yeah I think yeah. everybody wants some is the same thing. It carries on the same mm. thing, but it's just uh the characters are a bit more older, a bit more mature, mm. I guess. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And so uh, it results in some pretty interesting conversations yeah. and
0: yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess like that's the thing, like one of the things that the does best is when he um he almost takes the archetypes and he plays them against each other in the f- way that so we see um character and he's like oh he just wants to keep living this life and yeah. then we have the complete opposite in pink who i think he says something like oh, oh if, if these I mis-
3: are the best years of my life rem-
0: oh yeah i gonna kill, kill myself yeah, yeah. And just like, he almost recognizes Nostalgia in films and almost tries to play it off as like, yeah. this shouldn't like, be. it. Yeah, 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 this shouldn't be a nostalgia film. This should just be a film about people just trying to have the time of their lives. So,
3: this film was made in 1986 based on Stephen King's best selling book, The Body. Um, I think they were originally going to actually call the film The Body, but they s- sort of erred on the side of caution. They didn't want it to sound like a Stephen King horror film. The horror film, really yeah. They wanted it. They wanted children to watch it. So,
1: <laughs> oh, can children watch this film? They swear like crazy. Oh, they do. Yeah, <laughs> it's still pretty like in a, like. It's it's not the type of if this movie were to be called the body, I don't think it would be the most fitting name based on what this movie no, turned out to be. No, definitely not. It's Even not the, about horror or no. anything like that.
3: The I think just the Stand by Me, like the just the title. When you think of the film, you just think of the friendship of the boys. It's very yeah. nostalgic. It's sort of sad, though, because, you know, the ending of the film when Geordie yeah. sort of says Wait, what's the film about? Oh. <laughs> it's about, like,
1: how, uh, four boys around, like, 12, year old, 12 years old, and they go and find um, they go on a quest to find a dead body, hence the name The Body in the original book. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot more about friendship and be like being there for each other and all of these boys have been through some hard times um, whether like regarding the like socioeconomic status or their family and stuff like that and so they use this sort of trip to go and like bond and also to learn more things about themselves and yeah i'm sounding very cliche um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah so um, very much like a coming of age yeah, coming of age yeah, film for sure. set on the railway tracks i think yeah. like that image is just burned yeah. in my memory It's quite on the nose
1: when you think about it. It's like they're taking a journey following tracks, but um, no, it works for back then, I reckon. Yeah,
3: definitely. Um, I sort of feel like though, when you watch it, you sort of have to balance that nostalgic element with that sense of discomfort like from Mm, all of those social conventions that we don't have today like the children smoking and like like you know that i don't remember which of the boys they go i love that first cigarette after dinner and it's just like a very mature phrase it's very unsettling when you watch it trying to
1: be like an adult yeah like that yeah kid um but like uh chris played by um river phoenix Mm. um he was very like he played a very mature character and the actor himself met a tragic end at a young age but um I think like it's a really delicate balance between innocence and maturity because in some ways they're still little kids like they they forget to bring food on their trip and so they have to you know like um find whatever cent coins they have on them to buy food but in other ways they're quite mature and because like um River Phoenix's character brings along a gun on their trip and they accidentally shoot it and they get up and, and they run away from a train and, mm. I don't know, that kind of sounds childish, actually. But, yeah,
3: they're very I, mature in the way that yeah. they talk to each other and they're there for each other There's, like, that line in the film where he says, oh, come on, act your age. And he's like, yeah. I am. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am acting my age.
1: Yeah, it's weird because, like, my brother is 12 now and he's in no way, like... I don't know. I've, I've shielded him. Like society has also shielded him. I feel like because this is set in the in the 50s, the late 50s, and so that time period allows for like looser parenting, like not like this era's helicopter parenting, but it allows these four little boys um, to go out and spend a night in the forest alone, and they get away with that by lying to their parents by saying, "Oh, I'm at so and so's for a sleepover," and um, yeah, the, one of the kids is able to get a gun and. Stuff like that, and it's very like like that wouldn't happen in today's era. But um, I think that the time period facilitates those, you know, plot events. Oh, that definitely, happen. yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well,
0: I guess like that's the th- like the you could almost say that the things that they brought along when they did bring along the garden, when they're like, oh, we're gonna go on this adventure. It's yeah. almost them trying to be mature, and I think yeah. that like that's what maybe the story itself captures is that. Um, the innocence of immaturity in the fact Mm. that how they view maturity is someone who can use a gun someone who can go and do stuff on their own and they almost capture that childlike innocence in the way that they then have to realise that oh Mm. there is so much more to being almost just being an adult it's like their way of moving up in the temporal scale if (laughs) you could say it that way Yeah. I'd
2: like to add that uh, the movie kind of acts like a child version of the american dream if mm-hmm. you can say yeah. uh, like the american dream consists of a man going in vantering into the unknown knowing that it's gonna bring him profit yeah, i mean he he he's, gonna dangers, yeah. he's gonna face dangers he's gonna prove himself he's gonna earn whatever he wants to earn i think uh that's what it shows and the 60s of early fi- uh the early 60s and the late 50s it the, it was a simpler time. Yeah, because that's
1: like the heart of the American dream. And,
2: uh, and everything was still... I mean, we didn't know everything yet. I think yeah. that's a key point. Now yeah. we know everything. Yeah, and back then, Google. <laughs> yeah just Google. Yeah, just Google. And back then, everything... There was still mystery. And I don't think Stephen King novels w- novels would work in today's society because mm-hmm. nothing's a mystery anymore. Oh. And that's... that's
0: yeah. um, I mean... That's kind of sad in yeah a way. yeah i yeah, mean I, i'd probably argue the opposite like i i agree where you're coming from that there is like less unknown stuff out there and there is i guess you could say a general cynicism within the world but i think that's what makes stephen king novels and stephen king stories so special is that he like even though he wrote them in the past now it's still great to always like find something that you can be like oh well maybe there is something that we don't know there is something that we still need to find out and i think that's like I reckon that, and that's why they do keep remaking his movies and making Pet Cemetery and it I think did. they're remaking it. Um, they also made Black Tower and all of that. Mm. Is that. Idris Elba, right? Sorry?
2: Idris Elba?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah Idris Elba. Wasn't well, um, that be really crap? Apparently it was. <laughs> yeah. But I guess the like the point is that like they keep remaking his movies for a reason because, like um his i movies, guess like his the themes yeah. you could
1: say would be underlying but I mean, like yeah. yeah um but you'd have to adapt like specific plot points in order to carry across those same yeah for themes.
0: Sure. but yeah yeah i guess in that way that his since a lot of his stories do go through quite dated themes you could almost say that the majority of his stories will inevitably fall under the whole mm-hmm. nostalgia thing and whether that is done well in things like stand by me or whether it's done poorly in things such as pet cemetery where it just Flopped basically. It's a matter of um, how exactly you treat nostalgia and whether you treat it with respect and you treat it as this is a period of time and I want people to feel how I felt, mm. or if you want them to be like in um, the Ready Player One where it's like, oh, but look, this clearly is a nostalgia film. We have like all of these old characters. We have E.T. again, mm. we have um, Bowser, I don't know what else they added in there. Yeah. But the reason why it didn't come up was because. People could almost tell that they're trying to buy their way into the nostalgia, which is, I yeah, guess, like yeah. what I- the difference between a good film centering around nostalgia and a bad film centering mm. around nostalgia. Uh-huh, a
1: good film. When you brought up um, Ready Player One, I thought of Pixels, because that was that's the really crap one with Adam Sandler. You guys know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Anything yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. with
2: Adam Sandler. Yeah, is crap. I just heard his name. I mean, apart from oh. Punchdrunk oh. oh. <laughs>
0: punch, Love. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. Oops, sorry. Um, nah. Have you ever watched the Myrovitz stories? Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, okay. That I is a great couple of, film.
0: Yeah. That I think as long as
2: Adam Sandler is uh, removed of any kind of creative control, like he can do well. <laughs> but
0: If you say <laughs> that a stuff <laughs> to me ever again, I'm honestly going to walk out of the studio. Adam Sandler is great. Let's just keep it that way, okay, mate? <laughs> Grown-ups.
2: Grown-ups too. Jack and Jill. Um, murder mystery
0: may I just say that Adam Sandler is great <laughs> I realised that his 90s stuff wasn't the best <laughs> actually no some of his 90s his stuff 2000s? was good you his 2000s stuff. <laughs> you don't mess with a Zohar. you don't mess with a Zohan let's move on okay so. <laughs> okay.
3: so to wrap up Stand By Me um, yeah I guess just the last thing that I really wanted to touch on was the just the final the final part of the film when Geordie sort of you get that voiceover, and he said, I never had any friends later on like yeah. that in life that I had when I was 12. Just completely butchered that. Yeah. But he <laughs> says, Jesus, does anyone? And it sort of makes you really understand the whole concept of the film. Like he's yeah. sort of holding on to this moment from the past that can never again yeah. recreate. Because be childhood recreated. friends are
1: honestly like, it's so hard to, to keep them around. Like from when I was 12, I only am in touch with one person. And it's so weird to think about how much your life changes and you know this movie like reminds you of the importance of remembering those memories and yeah even mm. though i don't have any memories like finding a dead body worth remembering <laughs> but um yeah no.
2: yeah before we close out i think uh, i should mention uh, something which is important to the next movie which is coming up as well uh the authority figures or the father figures in mm. the uh, in this movie um they are not nice people. They're pretty mean. No, nope,
1: they're really bad.
2: They're really bad, uh, and I think it's a sign of times again. Uh, these yeah. are people who fought in the war, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they're who used saw, to. Because yeah.
1: one of the kids is like, he's
3: Teddy like, Duchamp's. ear. yeah, it's yeah, yeah, been burned off been by, by his, off his dad. And his father is holds like it was to in the stove, military, yeah.
1: and um, he, that's why he is also like, you know, I'm in the military. He wears dog tags and okay. he dresses in green and stuff like and that. And uh, he's very that's yeah, like a big part of uh, his identity.
2: And all this uh, toxicity, I think it just the kids inherited and mm, um, yeah. that's something Well the movie that's like sad.
1: subverts that in the end with yeah. the character of Chris. Like he ends up, you know, without giving away too much. He changes his circumstances. And I think that was really sweet. Yeah. I don't know, I, I like that bit of the movie.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: when he has a happy or happy ish ending.
2: But yeah. but the father in the next movie is one of the greatest fathers you'll ever see. Yes, and
1: that's a very vague segue. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hello, so the next movie we're going to talk about is Call Me By Your Name. And uh, this is one of the prettiest movies which has come out in recent times. I love it. You I cry love every it. time. <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, so um, let's say uh, we all have that summer holiday that we will never forget. Um, the thick warmth of the sun, the air filled with salt and sea and possibilities, the sense of nostalgia in the moment, the recognition that you will remember this for years to come, even as you're experiencing it. Uh, there's something about summer, the heat, the humidity, the relaxation. It Just is like almost the
1: ness uh, of it all, like, you know, no school or no like that sort of thing.
2: Exactly. And even before we have come of age, there's this kind of sen- sensuality to summer, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's that feeling that Call Me By Your Name captures uh, the sexuality of summer, the feeling of treasuring a perfect moment, even as it slips away. Um, and you can synopsize uh, the film in one sentence in the 18, 17-year-old Elio played by Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet? Chalamet? It's Chalamet. so good. Chalamet. Like I know. It. Like with a passion. Yeah. yeah oh. And, yeah, and uh, falls in love with uh, Oliver played by Army Hammer, a visiting guest of his father in the beautiful surroundings of northern Italy. But in the hands of the director, Luca... I Yeah. You know? <laughs> can I know? Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Super. less of a love story than a cinema yeah. of sensation, the tenderness of touch, yeah. sweat, the cool calm of water. It's, yeah. beautiful. it's, it's dreamy. So beautiful. It's so beautiful. Honestly, dreamy.
1: yeah. Like, the dream world, because this movie really establishes, like, a dream world. Similar to, um, I think it's Linklater's Before Sunrise. and Before, um, before
2: Sunrise, Before Sunset. Before yeah, midnight. that whole
1: trilogy of movies. Yeah. It sort of constructs a world that's, like only belongs to those two lovers. Um, and ultimately, it's supportive of their love as well because, you know, this movie, it's, it's between like, the love is between two men, which obviously, and it's set in the 80s, so that wouldn't be, you know, widely accepted. But in this world, you know, uh, you're reference to the supportive father. So, yeah, Elio's parents find out, but they're very, you know, supportive of it, they don't care. In fact, the father's envious, almost, that, you know, he got to experience, you know, such a precious thing. Um. Yeah, oh, and like the speech that he does at the end to yeah. reassure his son. And and he so talks
2: about how uh, if you are hurt, you should not forget it because yeah. if you forget it, that means you forget the memory.
1: Yeah, because he says, um, he says, uh, we rip out so much of ourselves to be cured of things faster that we go bankrupt by the age of 30 and have less to offer each time we start with someone new. But to make yourself feel nothing so as not to feel anything, what a waste. I just thought that was really, really That's beautiful. It yeah.
2: like. The best part about the movie, I think, is that it avoids the tragedy that is see, uh, usually seen in... Uh,
1: I think it's too tragic.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the usual tragedy seen in... Uh, like, I one mean, of them
1: dies or whatever, yeah, yeah. But in this one... No, no, no I'm not saying <laughs> in this yeah. one. Like, usually. I mean, usually,
2: you have society fighting tearing against them. Apart, and yeah. Tearing them apart. Which doesn't happen in this movie, which is refreshing to see in a way. Mm, and yeah. also... The movie is like a love letter to cinema. It uh, references a lot of, uh, I think, New Wave French movies. Yeah,
1: yeah, it does. In the
2: way the camera moves around. Uh, it, it The movie, I think, is entirely shot on a 35mm camera. And it's almost, it mimics the human eye. Which means that yeah. it feels like you're watching it. It feels
1: like you're there experiencing it with and them. And
2: the cinematography and the editing, it's not too showy. Which means that it feels like the director is not even there. It's just like yeah. we are watching yeah. a different of us. And... Uh, I think uh, the surroundings again, or mm-hmm. the nature, it it lets us explore nature, and also it allows the characters to explore themselves, their sexuality. Yeah, yeah,
1: which is a natural thing, which ties into the whole nature imagery. Yeah, that's
2: beautiful. Um,
1: but yeah, I think the because it's set in the eighties, but it was made in twenty seventeen. I think that nostalgia um, sort of experience ties into like everyone experiences their first love at some point, hopefully. Um, but yeah. Uh, I think the the past time period means that the two lovers, they also can't keep in touch that well. Like they don't have smartphones, they can't friend each other on Facebook or whatever. So it sort of adds this simplicity that makes it so much harder for their love to succeed, but also like makes it so much more precious, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love it, that's it. Yeah, yeah no, this maybe makes me cry every time. <laughs>
3: so i guess just ending on what we've really seen in theaters recently what we're looking forward to yeah Yeah, i um i feel like as a few of us have (laughs) i recently saw once upon a time in hollywood oh
2: me too couldn't
3: not mention it um i just felt like overall the it really just captures that whole feeling um it felt like a bit of a commentary on la the whole idea that it's always been this manufactured sense of authenticity um, it pays tribute to Hollywood's golden age. But it sort of raises the question, like, how do you long for a place that was never real to begin with? Yeah. You know, Hollywood's always been this tinsel town, this dream factory. Pretty romantic. Exactly. So it really makes you question um, that whole sense of, like, longing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite. A, it's got a lot of it's sort like of movies, melancholy yeah. sort of elements to it. I yeah, think like, I found movies that really create an
1: image that is ultimately unattainable. But so many people strive towards it. I can't really comment. I haven't seen the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: Before I, uh, I should make one thing clear. Uh, I hated this movie. Lucy loved it. I hated it. Uh, Probably because uh, I expected. (laughs) Will
1: I be the deciding vote? Wow. Uh, uh,
2: Because
1: I haven't seen it yet.
2: Yeah, Tarantino is. uh, Tarantino is
3: kind of overrated.
2: Oh, I back that. Yes. I agree with that, but I really
3: enjoyed this film. Okay, Okay. uh, Okay. I'll
2: tell you one thing the production was amazing, cinematography was one of the uh, best seen mm. in recent times. Uh, it's beautiful to watch, but the movie as such is nothing. I, I felt it could be so much more. Yeah. Um, Do you
1: think it's capitalizing on like the nostalgic time period? For uh, yeah, person, I or? think actually, in a
2: way it is. It's, yeah. um, I mean, people, a lot of people went to watch it, uh, hearing about the whole Manson thing, Yeah. Uh, yeah, which, thing, yeah. which barely Actors and Charles uh, Manson is barely oh really? there in the alert. movie. It's oh, <laughs> in the not <laughs> movie. himself, but his
3: presence is always his there. His presence is always there. But and I, I feel th- like even just that story, I feel like acts as a whole, like Hollywood losing its innocence, the world losing its innocence. I feel like that's really strong, really comes through.
2: Okay, without giving out any spoilers, uh, Tarantino <laughs> does something that uh, a technique he uses in one of his earlier movies, um, which I'm not really a huge fan of, because I think it destroys. The memory of what, like something. Oh damn! And uh, gosh, words. Yeah, I don't know. I think he could be so much better. Uh, mm. Tandino movies are always not for their dialogues. Obviously, the yeah. dialogue is absolutely horrible in this movie. <laughs> really? Yeah, the oh, conversations are terrible. It's disgustingly <laughs> good. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Matt, Matt Preston. <laughs> uh, I thought uh, there were a few scenes where he was too self-indulged. Uh, mm. His food fetish and everything. <laughs> I think he devotes at least 15 minutes for his food fetish. Are probably. you serious? Yeah. that, that kind is. kind of... Yeah, it's I sad. just love
3: how long the scenes are. I really like the editing in this film. There's a lot of really long, drawn-out scenes, but then there's also a lot of jump cuts, like when we see... Rick Dalton in his caravan and he's sort of like cursing himself Uh, and he's uh, threatening.
2: I hated those scenes.
3: Oh (laughs) I loved them. (laughs) Perspective.
2: Okay we're not going to talk more about the movie because I'm pretty sure there are a lot of us who still haven't watched the movie and we don't want to give any spoilers Uh, so before we end it let's uh, guys what movies are you excited about watching?
1: It too. Oh, I'm not necessarily excited. I mean, I'm, I'm like, lukewarm about oh, it. again,
2: nostalgia. Yeah, because
1: <laughs> oh. it's, it's, um, because the first movie was the first, what, half of the book or something, and it yeah. was, um, set in, <laughs> I want the 80s? 80s, 70s? Um, I guess that time period sort of plays, like, a plot, like,
0: yeah. is,
1: is, is, um, you know, relevant to the plot, but I don't know, I feel like just... It's sort of capitalising
2: What about you David? Jojo
0: Rabbit Get round it guys Taika Waititi Absolute legend Come on. I'm so hyped for it If you ever want to see A Jewish Hitler Who just <laughs> happens to be Polynesian uh, This is the movie for you movie, It's got yeah. Sam Rockwell It's got all of Some amazing a- Scarlett Johansson Rebel Wilson Reprising her role As a person that just Has to say something funny But doesn't really aid the plot It's <laughs> a great <laughs> film Comic wow. Wow. I d- Yeah I can't wait for it It's going to be a great satire
3: Yep. Why are you, Lucy? Um, I really want to see the Nightingale. I feel like it's had a it's lot of. It's so good. Like is genuinely. It? I feel like it's sort of like a haunting, like picnic at Hanging Rock. Oh no
0: no no! It's not like that. It's more like. Well, the it, landscape it though. Depicts like the, um, the disgusting nature yeah. of colonization and like what people could get yeah. away with. Isn't it
3: like an allegory, sort of? Yeah, yeah, it's
0: so good though. Like genuinely, check it out. How about you, Um, Sandy?
2: Okay, I'm not really a person who likes blockbusters in general, but I'm kind of hyped about Ad Astra. Uh, the new Brad. Oh, yeah. movie? Brad Pitt one. Because that looks like World
1: War Z but space. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's from the marketing. Know. I mean,
2: I I don't really watch trailers. I hate yeah, watching trailers, enough. so I skipped it. But I I've heard reviews. I read reviews, mm. and apparently Brad is amazing in it. It's
3: really just churning them out right now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's Once it's upon it's a time, time at
2: Astra. Uh, he said uh, he's not gonna make any movies for a while now because he wanna con he wants to concentrate on other stuff. So oh. I don't know. It's might as well yeah. enjoy him while we can. Yeah. All right. I guess well, I think that's, that's, that's all us for today. Thank yeah. you
0: very much Let's for tuning into the week. movie and hopefully music we podcast. It's too awkward. And uh, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed and we will see you next week. Love your faces and love you guys too. I
2: Aww. really do. Anyway, best. we'll
0: see you next week and uh, have a good one, see guys. guys.
2: See you guys. Bye. See ya.